my name is Marty, uh, a.k.a. Pillow Kissenstein. And uh, you can check out my channel on YouTube, Pillow and Friends Gaming. And uh, you can also check out my Patreon if you want me to keep doing these videos. If you don't want me to keep me doing these videos, then uh, you can pay me to stop. But if you, if you want me to continue, you can visit my Patreon page, patreon.com slash pillowfriends. Hello, fellow cinephiles. My name's Ben, and this is the Real Movies Podcast. This just in. Mitch, you fought Darren Aronofsky's mother is batshit fucking insane. It is a crazy movie. Oh, yeah. We've From got the beginning Con- to the end. We've got Conor McGregor with us. Dan's decided he's really good at We've Conor got Conor McGregor in the, in the studio tonight. We've discovered Dan's good at doing Conor McGregor voice. <laughs> Since we've seen the movie, several people have said, Mate, what's the movie about? And I say... I don't know, but you're not going to feel good leaving it. <laughs> it, uh... Not wrong. Yeah. So, um, this movie, we're, we saw this movie together, um, the three of us, uh, Frankie, myself, and Conor McGregor over here, um, I... saw, saw this movie, uh, whenever it came out, yeah. so at the time of this recording. About... We were the only ones. No, no, there were other people there. <laughs> no, I know, but the movie did terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, there, so it came out, what, about two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks Approximately. Like um, and so I knew we were going to end up having a, like a full spoiler discussion. We released a, uh, an episode of the real shorts. Um, yeah, it was, it was only about seven or eight minutes long where we tried to kind of discuss a few things like right after we saw it. But I think the three of us were basically just like, Hell, yeah. so beside ourselves that we were Shell pretty shock. much incoherent. Like if you go back and listen to that episode of the real shorts, uh, of, for mother, um, like it's almost unintelligible. Like, <laughs> What did we see? Dan kind of left us about halfway through the seven <laughs> minutes to go talk to somebody, and then uh, Frankie and I just kind of s- stood there looking at each other, talking like as much as we could without giving anything away, and we didn't get very far. No, that's that's the other part about it. It's hard to describe that movie without spoiling stuff. Right. Yeah. So that's why we decided to wait for a full yeah. episode of The Real to really dig into this movie, because it's, I mean, for me personally, yeah, not, not really quite like anything I've seen. Um and yeah, just as a precursor here, this is a, going to be a, a spoiler-heavy spoil uh of the reel. So if you've not seen Mother, um, you're interested in seeing it, uh, please. Mother. Um, I would instruct you to go back and maybe listen to the non-spoiler reaction we have over on the reel shorts, which you can find on uh, iTunes podcasts. Um, but more importantly, just get out and see the movie for yourself. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother is, um, it's not gotten, well, I mean, (laughs) I think Frankie said it best on the short. What was that? Where like people are either going to flat out hate this movie. Yeah. And a year from now, we're never going to hear from it again. Or it's going to be one of those where like, there's going to be thesis written about it. Yeah. This is what I think the movie's about. Right. And so, right now, as it sits on Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's gotten 68% approval from critics, only 46% from audiences. Okay. So, honestly, the critic, uh, I think the critic score has come down uh, since it's been in release. Because yeah. I remember, like, on release day, it was, like, at 75. For, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, it held there for a while. I mean, I don't want to jump right to the ending right. of the movie, but that, not quite ending scene, but the ending sequence can't can't imagine it lands well with your average movie goer. Yeah, the whole last, I think the whole last 20 yeah, minutes or so. Yeah, the third act just went crazy. 20, 25 minutes. Off the rails, like, whoa. I Yeah, we could all imagine would not sit well uh, with people. So, mm-hmm. um, so in this movie, basically, uh, you know, it starts out with, you know, sort of a bleak scene. Yeah. Um, house is sort of burnt. Uh, burnt down, the insides all charred and kind of wrecked with debris and what and what have you. I'm just glad I called it from the very second of the movie. He did. Did you? Um, yeah, he did. <laughs> scene for scene. No. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then it kind of rewinds a little bit. Like it looks like the the time sort of you know uh, backs up, and we and we come in on Jennifer Lawrence waking up in bed looking for Javier Bardem, who is presumably her husband. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and 
so then it kind of, you know, they just, nothing seems too out of the ordinary. Just two people, you know, living yeah. together in a pretty big house. Um, come to find that the house is kind of sort of in the middle of nowhere. Um, surrounded by, I don't know, open, open country land. Yeah, you only uh, see woods. the woods. I guess. The whole movie, too, is just like it's like an over-the-shoulder shot. It never goes too wide. I mean, it does a few times, but it's very confined how it's shot. Yeah, it's very... Um, is it one take? No. no. No, not the whole thing. But you're right, though, um, Dan, that there are some pretty long uh, long takes in this movie. Um, but, uh, like, as as the, you know, we, we start to get into the lives of the day-to-day of Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, uh, I guess he's a writer, um, like a, a more most specifically a poet. A poet and um, creative words. He wrote then, a old book. Could it be the Old Testament? And should and and she is a uh, like a homemaker or an architect or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so he's kind of suffering from writer's block. Yeah, the whole time. Uh, he's it a, happens. Presumably, he hasn't written anything in a period of time and then she is working hard to try to you know rebuild and repaint the house yeah and so um during in the midst of all this they get a knock on their door and uh, as a older gentleman played by um, ed harris ed harris who comes in and um you know complete stranger neither of them are expecting anybody and um you know they get to know him come to find out that he you know they believe he's a some sort of university professor um, but eventually comes to find out that he's like a super fan of uh, Javier Bardem's character's work. Um, and I guess he's dying of lung cancer and he wanted to come see, uh, come meet him before he, before he died. And then um, also uh, as the movie moves along, you've got Michelle Pfeiffer who turns up as um, Ed, Ed Harris's wife. Yeah. And um, I think when she shows up is kind of when everything goes really like really truthfully starts it starts because yeah she does some weird yeah. stuff but uh, there's signs of it too with his coughing and then when you see him throwing up and... mm. um she was very strange yeah but yeah you can tell that she is she is a very like uh manipulative sort of you know nagging uh person and i think honestly she is the impetus for which the rest of the chaos kind of winds would, up stemming. Would you say that she, she that she is the problem, the root of all our problems? Well, as humans. Well, now let's yes, let's think about this now. So you understand what the allegory? Here yeah, is. that's why I was trying to play around with this. Is a to me pretty obvious allegory of Adam and Eve. Yes. So yes, the the yeah. the metaphor is that the 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 house is the Garden of Eden. And the location they're in is the Garden of Eden. And so uh, it's, you know, in, in essence, really, you've got God uh-huh. represented by Javier Bardem and Mother Earth represented by Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And um, then you have Adam and Eve and Ed Harris and um, Michelle Pfeiffer who come in. The Pfeiffer. See, I didn't get and, it as it being the Garden of Eden. I thought more saw it as being Earth itself. But I don't, that's it could the, be. Yeah, this whole movie is all up for interpretation. And then, well, there are some, you know, depending on you know your belief system, um, there's some people consider Earth as a whole to be the Garden of Eden. Huh. Um, so, if you think about it in that in yeah. that context, then yeah. Um, and so from here, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Jennifer Lawrence kind of get some time alone together, and it's a little bit tense. Uh, yeah. Even though Michelle Pfeiffer seems to mean well, it's a little bit, uh, there's some distance between them. Um, and then uh, things really uh, start going south when uh, come to find out that Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed, Har- and Ed uh, Harris have two sons. Yeah. Um, one of whom turns up, um, I guess, out of the blue, kind of freaks Jennifer Lawrence out because it's just another stranger just showing up and expecting, you know at home um and i can't remember his reason for being there exactly inheritance though well but he wasn't there originally for that was he he came to see i think he's trying to warn about the brother 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a mixture of like he came to find his parents and his dad, um, but then also tell him that his brother found out that he changed the will or something. That's right. Yeah. So the so the other brother comes in and uh, is really upset about the fact that he <clears throat> seems to be more or less well yeah. not not written out of the will, but I guess something was something was changed so that the money got put in is being put into a trust. Their inheritance money is being put into a trust, and so the two boys are going to have to agree on uh, how to spend how to spend it instead of you know them be getting an equal share. Um, so that uh, causes a shockingly violent event. Yeah, it's, um, that's I mean with that that's obviously the allegory of Cain and Abel, the yes, favorite brother yes. compared, and then jealousy. Yes. Death. Um, and Good. then you know once death enters the you know, Jennifer and Javier's Garden of Eden is really when uh, the last act kind of really kicks off is when she sort of discovers uh, from that, from that, the blood and all that. Um, drip, drip. Drip, uh, drip. Comes to find that there's something more yeah. to what's going on. And so, um, yeah. And then... then the ghost of the funeral scene, she's still not having it, just people messing with her. See, that's up. where, like, when she found the secret room, you're still early enough to where, like, you don't really... Yeah, you're like, oh, this is you know, just a haunted house movie. Yeah, so you're kind of like, I wonder what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should we back up at all and say this movie was marketed weird? I thought it yeah. was going to be a horror movie. Not I think it movie. is. I saw it twice. I saw it for a second time earlier this week. Yeah. Um, I would call it a horror movie. Okay. Um. I'd call it a psychological thriller. That's what yeah. I more lean towards. But I mean, you have to imagine, even if it was marketed towards people familiar with biblical yes. worlds, um, there's still people out there that don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's more overt terror going on. Than most psychological, than most movies that would be classified as a psychological thriller. Um, so, I guess I guess at this point also uh, something interesting that I noticed after I was you know kind of after we saw it the first time and I had sat and thought about the movie for a little while. Um, so the one brother kills the other. Yeah. Um, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are stunned and shocked and crying. And, um, you know, they're trying to take care of him. And Javier Bardem decides to help them out. And he says to Jennifer Lawrence, I'm going to take them to the hospital. We're going to get them. We're going to try to save them. So I'll be right back. Don't worry about it. And she's freaking out because she's like, there's this dude just died in our house. You're really going to leave me here? And so uh, he's like, no, I'll just be I'll just be a second. So they leave. Mm-hmm. They leave the house. And they're gone for probably 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And... The thing is, where do they go? Yeah. I don't think they go to the hospital. Because, uh, I mean, there's they do a wider shot where there's nothing around there. Is there is nothing around yeah. the house. Yeah. I thought about that, too, but I I don't know. That's good there's, yeah, that's um, well, kind of an interesting quandary that the movie poses. Leading up to this, too, there's spots whenever she's feeling lightheaded or weak that she drinks this yellow thing. What's that yellow thing? Ooh, that's a good point. That's what yeah, I've been that was, thinking. See, that was the part of the movie, cause Long-time listeners of my life will know <laughs> that uh, I have a habit of no. falling asleep mm-hmm. during the setup of the movies. Yeah, you do that. And uh, I don't think I missed the beat of this movie, but yeah, she kept drinking that stuff. I was like, did I miss where like she had a headache and found that and stuff? And she also used it, it for the like... paint to get it to a certain color. Yeah. And then when she stops is when she's able to get pregnant. I don't. I've been like. I think searching. she stops after. Does she, is it after? Like she I wakes up. I think it is right after. And knows that she's pregnant. Uh, yeah. And dumps she, it out. Yeah, dumps, okay. Well. Yeah. So I was like, every time she used it, I thought I missed like where she was like, I have a headache. Oh, medicine. Medicine. It's kind of weird. So but it's okay. interesting then to think about how that might fit into the larger context yeah. of the message. Yeah. Um. But. You know, again, it's like we're leaning here. It's like one of these movies that we're going to discover new things after, you know, seeing it and watching it multiple times. Um, Never watching that movie. Well, Dan Dan vowed to never watch this movie again because 
of the way he felt when he walked out of the afterwards is like that was a great movie but i never want to feel the way (laughs) i feel right now ever again yeah which is perfectly fine (laughs) but uh for me like after seeing this a second time i'm like okay i need to watch this like again and so i mean i i just i haven't literally since we saw it the first time i've there's not been a day where i haven't like thought about it in some respect for a longer period of time than probably should be you know normal. what does it mean yeah True. like and i What's just admire it more and more every time so um oh my gosh it's just it's it's a beautiful i think i think it's a great movie um but yeah so sort of uh, i don't know yeah we don't really know where they go i don't think they go to the hospital i don't think they, he goes like she's like how did you get home he goes oh the cops brought me home there are no sirens there are no lights nope uh I mean, eventually there are. There's but... no, you know, there. You never hear anything like cars or anything passing by outside. Um, yeah. So it's curious to wonder where, uh, where those characters go in that situation. But um, yeah. So as things kind of move along, um, things get tense again between Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem after they have a. Few, I guess there's a a way sort of. It's not really awake though. It's kind of like a. I mean, would you call it awake? I don't know the correct term. It's sort like of a, like a, it's called a celebration of life. Yeah, yeah. A celebration of life. Sort of like a reception, and they have they you know, um, they have all these people in their house, and people just keep turning up and turning up. Yeah. And Jennifer right. Lawrence is like, "What? Like, what are you do? Like, who are you? What are you doing in my house?" And like, I thought I thought she was great, like for that stuff, because that's exactly how I would feel yeah. if I were you know. I mean, cool, like, it's great to have people around, but, like, you want to be don't prepared. just walk into my house. Like, I want to be prepared. I want to know who's coming, this and that. And so, like, basically just Javier Bardem mm-hmm. kind of, you know, says, like, oh, yeah, I told them they could have people over. And then, like, all of these people show up. Um, and, yeah. And, and she, and this is, uh, no, I guess this is before the other time where people show up, but we'll get to that. But, um, so, yeah, like, people turn up to, you know, help them celebrate the life of their dead son. And so, uh Well, like, and people start wrecking things. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a no regard to property. Not yes. That, not at this point that they're not destroying stuff, but they, they kind of don't take her serious. Like, hey, the sink isn't set. Please don't sit on it. They're like, haha, yeah, we won't. And then they do immediately. And yeah. weird little things, like they, they feel like she's not dressed up enough. Yeah, and there's like, she catches a couple of people making out in like yeah. corners of the house and like some people talking, like just kind of standing around and hanging out in places, the corners of the house they shouldn't be in. She's like, can you guys please move and they just look at her like sure okay yeah uh the best was the guy that like was hitting on her oh god and she was that like was so i'm married he's like word she's like oh you're an arrogant c word and like so i, I can't remember yeah. if he said um so like i think that's later though or is that during this i can't remember if that's just, because there's two basic parties and that's one, like and one party just never ends <laughs> I think it's. I think it is the. It's the deeper into the. Yeah. Lake. So yeah, that's that's something that it's unfortunate that guys sometimes do to girls if they get rejected. I think that's what that was about was like kind of a statement on rape culture and. Well, uh, I mean, this isn't related to this show. But that kind of sort of happened to me. We talked about it on Let's Talk About It last week, where I yes, you turned down a girl and she did that to me. Oh. Waste two minutes. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. yeah, really quickly. Side, sidebar here. Sidebar, yeah. The, I had a so show he, at Motor. He turned a super drunk girl down yeah, for this... the rest of the night. She was calling him a loser. Yeah, calling him mm. she did I one... think I've, I've, got, I've had a couple girls do that to me. Yeah, before. and well, one thing she did, which only a girl can do, I guess, and it's not an excuse. She took my phone and she wanted me to go buy her drinks. Like, I don't think she's... I'm like, yeah. oh, that's not a great idea to drink. It's like, if you don't go with me... If you don't go with me, I'm going to tell people you tried to assault me. I'm like, whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, okay. So, so, I not that I, I know what it's like to be a girl, but I do know like what it is if you reject someone and they're mean about it. So, there's a short story by Charlotte Perkins Gilman called The Yellow Wallpaper. Yeah. That my, has a similar theme. My buddy was telling really? me that. I need to read mother. that. A um, mother. So... One idea of the yellow powder was just a nod to that short story. Because apparently, okay, um, 
the protagonist in Yellow Wallpaper has a deep connection to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like when Jennifer Lawrence would take it and she could like feel the house's heartbeat or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one idea. Interesting. Um. So. So okay, so the we basically the... pause in the movie is after the funeral thing and everyone leaves. She is able to get everyone to leave because they break that sink. That's... Yeah, the reason the reason they they clear the scene is uh, basically there are these two people that are sitting on the countertop in their kitchen, and she tells them several times that mm-hmm. that counter's not braced. Don't sit on it; it's gonna break. And so you know, she tells them probably three times, and then like after the third time, they're like, "Oh no, fuck you! This is it's yeah. fine." And they start bouncing on it to show her, like, "Look, <laughs> it's fine. We're not doing anything." <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, how would you feel if like these pe- like people just showed up in your house and just started treating your stuff like that? I'd be like ready to throat punch somebody earlier than she did in this movie. But like, so this so she, basically the sink gets ripped out of the wall. Yeah. The whole counter, like uh, the pipes bursts and you know the kitchen's totally flooded and all this um and so after that um the movie kind of gets to a place where it's really just jennifer lawrence and javier bardem for a while yeah and um yeah that's the scene where uh she calls him out on wanting kids wanting kids and then not being able to write and so they kind of have a little bit of a small rift for a minute and then then a romp um and yeah they, and then, then eventually they, they have a romp they romp they riff and they romp they riff and they romp uh make up sex as it were yeah um they make a baby <laughs> um and so i and i think uh, i had a couple of people in my second screening like uh the morning after um uh, when she wakes up and like immediately goes like oh i'm, I'm pregnant hmm. like just a couple of people just laugh and I was like, I, I can understand maybe where, you know, to a, a non-discerning viewer where they might find that funny. But, like, God bless. Like, have a little, have a little respect. I wish more people, I wish could have a little more respect for, like, the, you know, the statement that's trying to be made. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's kind of a. But, again, you know, different strokes for different folks. You've got to take leaps whatever. of faith with this movie, even yes. though that's sort of what it's about. Yes. Um. And so. Um, yeah, it's like laughing at Georgie when he hits the seahorse or the sawhorse. Yeah. And it. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> um, Dan just likes watching children suffer. Um, <laughs> he does. It's weird. I've been so, about uh, so then. Um, Every frankly done medium, like, I got guys, I got a new, new pitch. It's a video podcast. You're like, no. No, Dan. <laughs> uh,. The movie It comes out. See, I told you people want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. Part two's coming. Got an official date. I think it's like late September 2019. Mm. Yes. It chapter two. That's exciting. Um, but uh, back to mother. Uh, so she's pregnant, and things are great. Yeah. For a, a little while. Maybe um, nine months. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and. You know, there's love and life and, you know, yeah, him and Vigor re- back in, she in a house, house and the two yeah. of them. And um, so between the, the news of the baby, uh, I guess the people in the house uh, the night before and um, um, then also like the death of that kid. Yeah. Sort of all come together and inspire Javier Bardem to write finally. Yes. Um, the New Testament. And yeah, so presumably he writes some piece of work that's literally on. It's a, so he's a poet, right? Because like it's literally on one sheet of. Yes, what he pre- what he presents to her, but later on it is in book form. Is it? Yeah, because they have books that they pass out. Okay, because I remember like because they. So what happens is yeah, when we get to Act Three, things jump yeah, fast. So yeah. what, so what happens is so this is pretty much the start of the third act is when she gets she gets pregnant. And, um, um, so he writes this poem. Yeah. They never, like, it's never read aloud, which I think is great. Um, because it sort of begets the whole, you know, mystery and horror of the, of what comes after. Um, so he gives it to Jennifer Lawrence to read and she reads it and starts crying and, uh, just, you know, says how perfect it is. So then he gets a call from his publisher and, you know, they're talking about, you know, book tours and 
um, and whatever. And so then it's, uh, I guess it later cuts to that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess there may, there may be some other parts in there where she's like kind of throughout her pregnancy, um, with her like doing things around the house. But then it gets to a part where she's cooking like at nighttime and like setting up this big dinner and, um, Presumably just for the two of them. Yeah, to celebrate the release. To celebrate the release of the the, the poem and then, um, you know, her being about ready to pop. Yeah. Um, and I think, and did uh, she say it was his birthday? I don't know. Regardless, they were celebrating. And um, so they're getting ready to sit down to this thing, uh, this big dinner. Uh, and uh, Javier Bardem sort of disappears for a minute. And when Jennifer Lawrence goes to find out where he is, he's standing out on the porch with about, you know, a half dozen people. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, what, like, why, what? Like, are, who are these people now? Um, and so uh, she goes out and tries to implore them for a second, like, who's this? And he goes, oh, they're fans. They liked the, they liked my poem a lot. And um, so she, he goes, he goes, uh, just keep things warm. I'll be in in a minute. And so she goes back in the house, sort of concerned. And then, you know, she's locking doors and stuff, and she comes back around and finds out that there's, like, you know, a woman and her kid that have walked into the house looking for the bathroom. And so it's just like, he's like, ma'am, what are you doing? You need to leave. And she's like, well, my boy's peeing, him, peeing his pants. She's <laughs> like, all right, well, come with me. So she takes him to the bathroom, and she gets to the bathroom, finds out there's a line of people, like, coming in waiting to use the bathroom. And just like, you know, people that are kind of rude, they're like, they're like standing in line. She's like, how did everybody get in this house? I literally just shut the door and locked everything. <laughs> and so when she goes, when she circles back around through the house, she goes back to the porch and finds out that there's now like a hundred people oh, like gathered around Javier Bardem on the front porch, you know, clamoring about his, his writing. And um, so from there, you know, more and more people start funneling inside the house. And so she's freaking out, understandably, because this is just a random mass of people that have shown up out of nowhere that are, you know, coming and taking her home once again yeah. for granted. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the, when things start going and crazy. And this is when the, you know, this when we get into the last, you know, 30 or so minutes of the movie is uh, she's still pregnant at mm-hmm. this point. And just people are kind of asserting themselves in like different parts of the house. They start taking yeah, things. Yeah, they start taking things. Yeah. They start literally That's ripping. That's crazy. Yeah, they start literally ripping the house apart. Saying they need to prove that they were here. They're like, we need yeah. we need proof that we were here. Like she she asked somebody why they're, you know, taking, the, why they're destroying the home. She's like, well, somebody, this kid was like, oh, well, we need proof that we were, we were actually here. Yeah. And um, so then like, you know, things get weird with like, you know, the, his publisher turns up and Kristen you know, Wiig, Kristen, Kristen Wiig, Whoa, uh, which is kind here? of uh, an interesting, interesting casting, but uh, kind of fun nonetheless. And um, so just like there's at one point, there's like a rave going hmm. on in one part of the house. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, all the while, again, people ripping stuff out of the walls in the kitchen. Um, Jennifer Lawrence tries to call the police. And while, you know, Somebody like as she's on the phone with nine one one, this woman comes and like hangs up the phone and says, <laughs> "I was like, oh, I need to make a call." And she goes, "Excuse me, like I was on the phone now." She's like, "Ah, well, the poet said we could all use it." And then as she's trying to make a call, this dude comes and rips the phone out of the wall to take it away. Yeah. Um, so just like stuff like that, just yeah. kind of a rooting, a ri- rioting and looting starts kind of breaking out inside the house, and um, and sort of from there, she's walking around trying to figure out like who's who and what's going on. And, you know, all the while sort of trying to find Javier Bardem again. And um, things just get, you know, people are just being people in the sense that, like, it's pretty hard to miss that this seems to be like a microcosm for, like, you were saying, Frankie, like, sort of like planet Earth. Yeah, so Um, many different things. This is when it moves fast. To me, this last half hour however long the third act is what people will study like oh yes. what does this little thing mean what does this little yes. thing mean because you can interpret it so many different ways um but yeah the microcosm thing like you were saying yeah so there's so uh eventually like what people start to do inside the house is they um javier bardem sets up a table where people can come and you know he'll talk to them and sign a copy of the uh, the book or the poem or whatever um and then he's also marking people's foreheads yeah 
in uh, yeah, with ink. He's got ink on his thumb. He does but, it on accident at first. Yeah. Yeah, but then, but then it turns into go like, crazy. But yeah, then exactly, it's, it's just like uh, well, just like the Bible, it's like Ash Wednesday. Well, it starts off with if you look at it, he is Jesus at this point. Jesus, the one first doing this, and then people are doing it in Jesus' name, yeah. and then they're screwing up his name and his message, and like, it, yeah. So that's yeah. pretty much so. So pretty much, well, when 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 we first saw this, the very first impression I got, almost without even thinking about it, was like, oh, this is just a, you know, kind of, you know, a representation of the different sort, uh, sorts of things that people on Earth might do in the name of, yeah, their God or whatever. Um, and so you know, people people dance, people party, people you know drink, or people go insane and try to hurt each other. Yeah, just... which is what happen like i mean riot police show up at oh, one yeah. point to like grenades you know, and guns on like man. literally like women trapped in a cage there's yeah there's people their teeth exactly um <laughs> yeah that's if you were sleeping before that's when you wake up like what's going yes, on exactly there's a part where it turns out like Kristen wig winds up like executing people yeah, yeah that, wild. Was, that was crazy um and then i think uh, i think mother calls her out on it like, what are you doing? Yeah, she's, she's like, like, he needs inspiration. Something like that. And then she turns around and, like, immediately gets blown apart by, like, a bomb that goes off. Yeah. Um, So it's, like, it's clearly, like, you know, a showcase of just how wild and stupid the world is, you know? Um, and, you know, what people do to each other. And you know, not just to each other, but also to their environment. And so. There were a few good people, though. Yeah, I mean, you had uh, the one guy really that turned out to be like marginally okay. Maybe was the like that first that prophet guy. Like there was clearly oh, like there was clearly a guy that was like the like yeah. the, like the John the Baptist figure. Um, I mean, he made the ultimate terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Not there yet, but I was talking about the uh, he was like an army guy or SWAT or something like saw the, oh, the guy that tries to tries to, to help her. her. Yeah, yeah. And then gets his come up and there. Um but yeah, so she's like still like Yeah, she's, get, she's getting knocked around and she's pregnant like the whole time this all of this is happening inside the house. Mm-hmm. So and it's and it's not really much of a like you can't really just write it off as like, oh she was hallucinating the whole thing. No. no. Like that's just what this movie is. Well, and then um, we didn't touch back to might have to, is when Adam and Eve character, the husband and wife they Ed were, Ed, yeah, they were Bradley. messing around in his office where he's got a sacred like uh, kind of rock thing. And yeah, he's got like a jewel. Well, they break it and it, it really upsets him and, and he boards off that room. But yes. their sanctuary, once things start going crazy, is that room again. Yeah. I've been trying to figure out the significance of all that in my head. So the forbidden fruit. Yeah, that, that's, the forbidden that's what fruit. that jewel is. No, but I'm, so that room's Eden and they have to go back to Ooh, being That's Eden. what I would guess is like that specific room Ooh, okay. is your Eden. Okay. This is a movie where there's no right and wrong answer. Right. It's like, well, I'm just wondering the significance why it was blocked off, and then that's their sanctuary. They get into it again. I think you're right. I think yeah. that is because that was that was that's the that's the Old Testament message is that they were cast out of the garden. Yep. Um, and I mean, ultimately they're thrown out of the house, yeah. but um, I mean they're literally sealed off from that room. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that room is where you know, is the source of all his, you know, where he writes. Um, and also it comes to be, it's the room where Jennifer Lawrence gives birth to their child. Yeah. Um, yeah. The real question is, was that woman actually a doctor? <laughs> the burning question on everyone's mind about mother. Cause I mean, she seemed like she knew what she was talking about. Then all of a sudden he was just like, get away from her. And like kicked <laughs> her. Get away. But yeah. Yeah. Um. So she. So Jennifer Lawrence has the baby. Um. It's a boy. Mm-hmm. Um. And he wants to show everybody. She's like, no, don't hurt she, him. She doesn't even want him to touch yeah, the kid. She, yeah. She doesn't so trust him. So she doesn't trust him anymore, and like, you know, doesn't want him to. Because he. Because he's not like being, you know, supportive and protective of her in the yeah. way that she thinks he and should be. He loves. She. He likes the attention. He loves the attention. Much. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so it becomes clear to her that he loves you know the public more than her mm-hmm. um and so one of my favorite parts uh of this movie and really of any movie i've seen this year is when he tries to get her get her to let him hold the baby he goes 
I am his father. And she goes, I'm his mother. And I was like, oh, let's go. Like, Come on. And so, um, and then, oh, that was fantastic. I, I think that's when she said that. I turned to Dan like, they said the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she um, said it. Let's go. <laughs> but she just like, like the two of them are just like two actors at the top of their game. And just like he, he delivered it with such power. And then she just kind of like, did he win an Oscar for um the Coen brother movie? I can't remember. She won an Oscar for. He was definitely Lining. up for one. I don't know if he won or not. She's she's won before. She yeah, won for Silver Lining. Um, no. Um, but yeah, so it's just like the way that those two lines are delivered yeah. is just uh, positively unbelievable. Um, that's that should have been the trailer. It should have been the trailer. Um, so uh, she uh, presumably they're in there sitting like kind of at an impasse. Yeah. For days. Um, just kind of like, you know, he's sitting there trying to, you know, stare her down and like get the baby from her. Um, and she is not letting go of this kid. And so like, literally it shows like at least a day or two going by and then she starts falling asleep. The baby starts falling asleep. So while she nods off at one point, eventually he snatches the baby. Yep. Goes out of the room and she wakes up when she hears the cheers of all the people outside. Yeah. And so, you know, Javier Bardem winds up passing the baby through the crowd. Like, people grab the baby yeah. and sort of, like, pass it. Oh, you know, no, the baby the crowd surfs. This is the most messed up part of the movie. And so, like, it's, it's at this point, come out of its swaddling blanket and it's peeing all over everybody. That, okay, that was a little funny for a second. Yeah, right? um, <laughs> it's peeing everywhere. <laughs> so, they're passing this baby through the crowd. So, basically, what has happened, I didn't mention, like, what was going on outside the room at this time. So presumably what's happened with the people and the sort of the microcosm of Earth that's going on inside the house, the entire population that's in there is basically living in squalor. Like they're all kind of like, you know, uh, living as like homeless bums. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, people kind of in a post-apocalyptic setting that are like, you know, seem to have lost all hope and whatever. And so that that's what this baby is meant to signify is, you know, hope for them and whatever. And so they're, you know, they're trying to handle this child. And while the baby's moving along, somebody grabs the baby in the wrong way, snaps the neck. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's like literally mother's like, stop, you're going to hurt him. And it's like. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. That just, I. Ah, that was crazy. Um, well, it, it doesn't get easier no, to watch. No, it doesn't. Because then it gets multiple <laughs> viewings. It doesn't. And then it got and worse. And then it gets even worse, yeah. if you can imagine that. Um, <laughs> the baby is dismembered and eaten. I ate the baby. <laughs> on an I altar. The, I ate the baby. Um, I ate the baby. Uh, literally, like, on a makeshift altar, and, like, these people are eating the baby. And uh, it's at this point that Jennifer Lawrence finally goes off in the yeah. way that I wanted she her to go her off the entire movie. Katniss. Is she like you know grabs like a shard of glass or something and just like slashes and hacks and stabs about a half dozen people and I'm like yes bitch yes, let's go yes. and so um and then comes the most awkward part of the whole movie well, yeah when they're beating her they when she gets her. grabbed and then they beat the shit out of her yeah yeah, and she's yeah. Like topless and they're punching her and it's like oh it's man. just it's not pretty it's like Ooh, no. oh, oh oh no but her uh, yeah you're just like okay definitely shouldn't be watching this. Um, and so then like she gets, she gets beaten and then, you know, Javier Bardem finally steps in, implores everybody to stop and like yells at them. Like, why are you doing this? What the hell? Um, and then from there, you know, once he kind of comes in to protect her, she decides, you know, between like with that tragedy that just happened, you know, them, these people acting the way they did in her home uh that she's worked so hard to build and then also with the you know the mounting uh disregard from javier bardem she runs down back to the basement into that well, room what sets her off is he like intervenes and gets him to stop and then he tells her that we have to forgive him oh yeah yeah and then that's what sets her off yeah and it's definitely a blatant allegory to jesus yeah so we have to forgive them as um, we eat his body and drink his blood yeah like, yeah the? um so she uh, runs down to the basement and then, you know, goes into that secret room that she found. Yep. Uh, through the, um, Holy the weird God. thing that happened with the, the, the brother killing the other brother. Um, 
And so she finds out that there's like, you know, whatever fluid is down there. And then she sets out on fire and it blows the whole house up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, there's nowhere for people to go. I mean, the house is literally in the middle of nowhere. Presumably it's, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it is. It's the microcosm or whatever. Um, and so then, of course, the two that survive are Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence. But she's badly She's burned. badly burned. Um, and so, uh, but he is not injured at all. And so uh, he grabs her, like he picks her up, um, and sort of carries her through the wreckage of the says, house. who are you? And he says, I am the light. Is that what he says? He just says light or life. Yeah, but I'm um, going to go with light because apparently some of the dialogue is verbatim to the Bible. Which what, Yeah, some of, the, some of it is. See, that's, as I sat and thought about this movie more, a lot of it's really pretentious and on the nose. But then there's other parts yeah. of it like, oh, it's really intriguing. So I, that's why I'm like, do I like this movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it intrigues me and I want to watch it again. I want to study it, but like, mm-hmm. do I like it? I don't. I still haven't come up with that answer. Um. Yeah. So she. So this is the end of the. This yeah. is pretty much the very end of the movie. Is, uh, you know, they sort of. He sort of speaks to her a little bit. Um, you know, while he's carrying her out, and he sets her down at a certain point and says, "I still need one more thing from you." And you're like, "Dear God, like what else?" And she's like, and literally, she's like looking at him like, "I've got nothing else. Yeah. Like, what possibly more could you want from me that I haven't already given?" He goes, you still have your love. And she goes, well, yeah, I guess. She goes, all right, go ahead, take oh. it. And so he, like, reaches inside of her. Like, he literally punches his hands into her chest yep. and, like, pulls out. Like, she while he does that, while he dream. <laughs> as, as he does that, she, like, basically withers away. Yeah. Um, and Maybe. sort of evaporates. And then uh, when he kind of pulls his hands out, covered in soot from her body, he kind of, you know, rubs it off, and it's another jewel to replace the one that yeah, they broke. Adam and Eve broke. So, um, and so then it goes. Well, he says he. She goes. Where are you taking me? He goes back to the beginning. Yep. And so that's when uh, the end of the movie is him taking that jewel from Jennifer Lawrence and putting it back on his shelf, and he sort of laughs to himself in a really weird way, um, in a sense that you're like, oh, this guy's this guy total dick, right? Um, and so then it shows again, and so so the very last shot of the movie is, you know, the yeah, montage. <laughs> well, it's the montage of uh, you know, that showed at the very beginning of the film was, you know, the house kind of rewinding in time from the wreckage back to uh, kind of the idyllic existence, and so then it cycles back through, and instead of Jennifer Lawrence waking up and you know wondering where Javier Bardem is, it's just another actress. Yeah, it's not another Je- woman, not Jennifer Lawrence, doing the same baby. thing. And then that's the end of the movie. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we saw the uh, fiery eyes at the beginning of the movie. He did. I went, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but and even, and even then, I mean, we presume it's a different woman than Jennifer yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, I would have so, to. Um, so, that's where it doesn't match up with the Bible. That's more Norse mythology thing where the earth engulfs itself and restarts with Ragnarok. Yeah. With the Bible revelation, earth will scorch itself and then just be done there's no cycle yeah um so uh there's a podcast uh called the director's cut um that i think is sponsored by the director's guild of america oh, um those guys. sounds pretentious yeah <laughs> uh but um there was one there was an episode with uh um darren aronofsky uh talking about this movie with william friedkin who directed the exorcist um, after a screening uh, that was held somewhere. Uh, and basically, William Friedkin was like... It was funny because, you know, as well-respected and regarded as both of these filmmakers are, it was hilarious to hear Friedkin, like, clearly admires Darren Aronofsky, but also, like, really challenged him on, like, some of the, you know, answers he was looking for and, like, some of the questions he was asking and whatever. Um, almost to the point where, at one point, it seemed like he was kind of mad. Hmm with Aronofsky about something, but, um, you'll have to listen to it. Um, and anyway, anyway, uh, Aronofsky explains pretty much what his intentions behind everything was and like the meanings behind a lot of things. So he said that he wrote this movie as an allegory for climate change. Really? Um, so that mother is literally 
Mother Earth. Mm. Um, and he said he wrote the title with the exclamation point because uh, he said he felt like he's felt so riled up about you know the current administration and uh, sort of just um, the general sort of disregard for science. Hey, and, I was going to uh, stop you right there. We all know climate change isn't real. But <laughs> um, so he's like he he's personally felt as a as a as a human being uh, that you know not enough people in power are paying attention to science and like the climate issue and so like literally the title was him screaming out that we need to pay attention to mother earth Mother um and do something about it <laughs> so uh i thought that was really interesting yeah um climate change uh, yeah i could see that but i also... but, but really like it was it, it, like he also mentioned that it's definitely about like you know the things that we do to corrupt our earth but also you know there's a lot of biblical yeah. allegories in it as well. I heard he was kind of mad that people weren't getting his exact vision. That's where I had to hold up. Like, as a creator, you make something and it's out. You can't mm-hmm. get mad at someone if they don't see it the way you intended because it's out there. I think. He well, was... I think he was just a little bit. He might have been a little disappointed that people were broadly responding neg- so negatively. Okay. Um, and uh. I think he wanted people to give it a give it a chance, and he was concerned give that with such sort of such negative buzz, it was never going to get the word of mouth it needed to be successful at least financially. I think at this point, I don't think he cares. Um, and the cool thing that actually uh, that Paramount has done in the wake of all this, and maybe you guys saw this, was a. Uh, um, well, it's kind of crappy and it's kind of cool. Like they had to come out and publicly publicly make a statement about the movie and like uh, the fact that they're standing by it. They're happy that they released it and they're going to be looking to release more films, not exactly like it, but more you know daring and original pieces of work, um, which I think is amazing. Uh, and I applaud Paramount Pictures for you know stepping up to the plate and releasing challenging cinema to the mainstream. Um, because that, that was what they said in their thing was like, you know, everybody praises like Netflix and uh, streaming sites for championing original daring content. This is our version of that. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, we're not sorry. We're not going to change it. We're probably going to we're probably going to do this more often. So get used to it, basically. That's that's um, exciting to me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so uh, I, I just thought that was super cool, and um, I'm excited to see you know the chances that Paramount takes, and then in turn hopefully they'll be successful, and then other studios will hop on board um, in the future. But um, then the other thing too is that they've started working some of the negative press into their marketing. So like you'll see like a lot if you were to go and look at like you know the the teasers that are out on TV and the radio, and also like the posters that the and key art that they're coming out with now since the movie's been in release, like like see the movie that's divided audiences and critics alike and it's like you know it has half like see the movie that you know all these outlets give five stars and call the best movie of the year while others are saying it's the worst piece of garbage i've ever seen why would anybody release this and so they're basically working those those uh like log lines into the marketing of the movie which i think is pretty yeah that's smart that sometimes gets people just don't want to watch it just uh, yeah Yeah. so that's what they're trying to do is pique people's curiosity and get Mm. them to come back um which I think is great at this point is a good way to try to salvage the thing. Um, but yeah, like the F cinema score is just egregious. Um, yeah, that was weird. Uh, so I mean, I understand why people don't like it, but I mean, I feel like anybody who knows anything about good storytelling and mo- and filmmaking should appreciate this <laughs> in some <laughs> regard. I don't know. That's just me. Um, it's... <laughs> Yeah, if, the, if you love movies and you love stories, it's at least worth watching. I'm yeah. not saying you're going to like it, but it's, I mean, it's the oldest story ever written. I mean, yeah. It's the Bible. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's one that I definitely see myself coming back and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, revisiting for sure. I, I, often. I said it so many times. I'm going to buy it and watch it. I hope they do a criterion of it. Like, I hope it's... Eh, yeah. I mean, that would be yeah. great, hopefully. I'll probably watch it at some point in 2018. <laughs> 
Um, no, like Aaron Aron- or Aronofsky always releases a lot of. Most of his movies are pretty unique and daring and yeah. challenging, which is great. Except so Noah, thinking, Noah is just straight up. I was thinking dark. I own a lot of his movies. I own Noah for some reason. I bought Noah on Black Friday. Yeah. I own Black Swan. I own The Probably. Wrestler. I don't own. I he so. did Requiem for a Dream, right? Yeah. I don't own that, but I've seen I it. I, do. I don't know if I'd ever watch that movie again. That's a downer. I think I've got a pie Requiem for a Dream double. And I don't have pie. Do you? That's awesome. Yeah, I don't have pie. Um, it was the one he did between that fountain, the fountain with. Hugh Jackman's I won't watch that. It's a little weird. Is it? It's another that. one that's I would I would go back and rewatch that and having seen Mother. Yeah. Mother, it's um, a trap. Yeah, so that's like a Fountain of Youth. Okay. Movie, um, but it's very sort of challenging in its narrative structure and in the way it sort of presents what the fountain is. Isn't Pi the one where the guy drills his own head? Or is that Requiem? I think that's Pi. Me too. Requiem. That's interesting. Pie's a really good movie, if I remember. Hmm. Maybe I watch um, these. I like Pie. Noah was not good. I would not believe yeah, the same no, director. Yeah, I thought Noah was terrible. Boobah, Pie. You tell, um, I'm watching mm-hmm. Wrestler. Yeah. Wrestler's good. And Black Swan. Black Swan's good. Black Swan and Mother, I see the connection a lot. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's trippy. So if you, I mean, because somebody pie I think asked me once, like how. dinner. Somebody asked me once how it, the mother and Black Swan kind of compared. And, I mean, they're both sort of like horror-ish. Yeah. Um, and. See, the thing what mother was missing was two attractive women making out. Yeah. I mean, literally that's what it was missing, but that's, I don't think they needed that. <laughs> You sure it didn't I'm happen? not sure Black Swan. You know, did. rewatched that. Happen. It probably happened in that weird, like, ravey stuff. I'm sure it did. It might have. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I, I suppose you could kind of see the connection between Black Swan and Mother in some regards, where it's kind of like a woman at odds with, like, the what's going on around her. Um, but where am I going with this? I, I, I. I would say that maybe if you liked Black Swan, you will probably like Mother. Yeah. And if you, you appreciated it. And if you, you didn't. It. And like, I mean, maybe if you liked Black Swan, you may not get the metaphor uh, of Mother as much, or you might just not think it's ne- like, you might think some of the shocking stuff unless is too Unless your much. life is Bible allegory, I don't think there's anyone that's going to just be like, I love this movie. This is a movie I love. I think it's a Frankie, movie. this movie was about you until the third act. Yeah, there, there's a lot of this movie shares with me being God and stuff. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> it said I, until I, the third act. I almost liked it. I Like, even if I had probably... Frankie's life was act one and two. Mine's act three. <laughs> He's God. Like, but, I, just, I just haven't seen a movie... Uh, like in a in a in a you know multiplex movie theater yeah. from a major Hollywood studio, in so long, in the sense that like I like this it's been two weeks and I'm like still obsessed with this thing. Oh, um, you yeah. just remind me of something, Ben. I'm gonna tag you in it. But... Okay. And um, like there's just it feels like having seen it twice and having thought about it for two weeks. There's I feel like we're barely scratching the surface of what um sort of is really going on with this with this movie. Um, which kind of, which is exciting, um, with the prospect of like, you know, like I'm saying, I don't think I've, I'm not sure I've seen a movie like this ever. Um, and certainly not in a big movie theater. Yeah. For sure. So, um, yeah, I wish I could explain to people more about how I felt. Cause like whenever people are like, whenever I tell people I left the theater, not wanting to be alive, they're like, Oh, is it that bad? I was like, no. It wasn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. It just might have been that good. Ooh. I don't know. No, but yeah, like I really like the feeling I had leaving that theater was not good at all. Well, just went home and cried. <laughs> it just, it's like Ben. I only cried it, for 20 minutes. It, like Ben, it's just been on my mind a lot. Let's yeah. Think about this Let the time of thought. Let the time of thought to Conor McGregor. Um, it's weird to say like you, you you wrap this up like I like this movie I give it so many out of st- 10 yeah like, but it's not like you can exactly do that it's this year's Bovich Bovich 
as far as I didn't like people's the reaction. No, it. I didn't. I didn't. Think I think it's even more polarizing than the witch. Yeah, the witch I just straight up didn't like this. I could. There's a lot of it I like, and it intrigues me. I mean, it's like the witch in the sense that it's polarizing, but it's not polarizing to the degree that mother like the witch isn't as polarized isn't as broadly polarizing i don't think because everyone hated it no people liked it i just didn't like it the witch definitely the witch definitely has a like a pretty big cult following and then also there are people in the mainstream that liked it um but there are also a lot that didn't like it what's the um mother is almost is by the mainstream is major like the majority doesn't like it at all 32 that goat guy from that uh, the witch movie, they made a special cider for it. I forget, his, it's his name. It's like a black can. It's blood orange cider. Ooh, ooh, it's pretty good. Ooh. Had it once. Mother, they're merchandising the crap out of that. Actually, um, like the if you bitch. go, I saw a thing that uh, like a an article that was talking about like all the stuff on Etsy that's coming up. Yeah, like there was like a studio quality black Philip mask that black sold Phillip, for like three hundred dollars or something. Um, there's another one where you can like print like a geodesic, like looking, uh, printout mask of, of his, and you just gotta like fold it or something. Hmm. Um, and like all of this merch that's coming out like with Black Phillip, and uh, I think it was something that A24 shared on their socials. Um, it's just like Black Phillip sort of becoming like a cult hero. Black um, Phillip, just kind of fun. Um, Sailing across the universe, black. Reminds me, I need to. It's Halloween time. I need to dig that movie out and watch it again. I guess I can watch it again. Son a bitch. Um, I tagged you in this thing because this guy he was gonna rent a theater in OTR and just like watch either B horror movies or like cult movies, uh, like, and just once a week like watch really like kind of grindhousey type really? movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to check that out. Ah, uh, speaking of grindhousey type horror movies. Just kind of outlining some things that are going to be coming up for the real. Um, and Dan, this is, might be the first uh, you're hearing of these. But uh, so not. I saw the Discord. Did you? Yeah. So next week I want to do a, or I guess, you know, depending on when this show comes out, hopefully we'll have it out by this weekend or, you know, by this first week of October, ideally. So during the first week I will of promise October, 2017. <laughs> all right. Um. So, during the first week of October, this is the last uh, few days of September we're in now. Um, so, during the first week of October, uh, Blade Runner 2049 comes out. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to go and see it on Thursday the 5th at 7 up at the Dolby Cinema in Westchester. Um, you guys are welcome to come if you feel if you think you can make it. Um, in Westchester? Yeah, it's like it's like in Dolby uh, Atmos and like with the big giant screen and stuff. Even um, with Movie Pass. I probably won't see that movie. Really? I, I tried to watch Blade Runner for the first time the other day. and I've seen Blade Runner. I just... Eh, I don't think it's for me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I didn't get Blade Runner the first time I saw that's it. Fair. Plus the rental, the rental wrap. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time's come. Rental wrap? Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, you mean Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Ryan, Ryan the Goose Gosling. Same person, man. I knew what you read meant, but I'm like, <laughs> it's not the same person. I do read books. Just like that Life movie, man. Him and uh, who was the other guy in it? Jake, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. same person. Yeah, all white guys look the same. Don't um, fall for you. They're all named Chris. Um, Luke. So, uh, next week we're gonna do a real. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be doing a real shorts for Blade Runner 2049. Uh, and again, he's gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Doesn't mean you gonna do it. Uh, hopefully, have that published by in time for people to hear it for the, when the movie comes out. <laughs> he's gonna do, <laughs> he's gonna do that for everything I say. Yeah, um, by then, I got some pop hunting to do next week. So, but by then it should be done. Um, pop, son. And then uh, the following week, uh, Thursday the twelfth. Um, I've got some guests I want to bring on for a horror movie special. Ben's Ooh. Big Movie Fest. Ben's Big Movie Fest. The Ben Fest. Um, this is the reels. Uh, Big Ben's Blockbuster B-Movies. <laughs> Come on down to Big Ben's Blockbuster B-Movies where we have... Oh, I can't use Blockbuster because... On the Blu-rays. We might get a... Well, could we use Blockbuster? They I don't cease know. And who's going to sell us? Like, who's going to cease and desist us? Like, honestly. Like um, that Netflix guy, like his lawyer's like, 
I think we could probably get a couple couple thousand of these guys. They're like, really? Right. Um, we couldn't get a couple thousand out of our own business. Um, so anyway, I'm bringing in uh, Tyler Keaton of Camp Crystal Blake. Uh, he's got, um, he's kind of kicking off like a YouTube channel. And basically, like, he sat down and interviewed La, um, Daniel Harris, uh, PJ uh, no, what's her name? PJ Souls and uh, oh, DJ Turner and um, Sid Haig. So like he's gone to con- like horror cons and like sat down nice. and like talked to them, which is pretty great. And they're on YouTube. Horror um, hounds coming up in Columbus. Um, and he told me this weekend like he's going up to is it Columbus? Like he's going somewhere um, to like hang out with Lene Quigley. Um, he's Isn't like, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, no. He's like, yeah, my buddy is friends with Lene Quigley, so I'm just going up to hang out. I was like, you're kidding. Nice. He's like, yeah, she's just going to be in his house, like, hanging out. And I was like, just chilling. So I'm like, well, <laughs> that's fantastic. So he'll be on to talk about, you know, a little bit about some of the cool stuff he's doing. And um, he also. He used to be uh, super tight with the girl from the Halloween movies. Whorehound used to be tight with who? Me. Je- oh. Used to be tight with. Which, which girl? The Rob Zombie Halloween main girl. Oh, the well, what's her face? Scout. Scout Taylor Compton. Is that her name? Yes. Um, Scout Compton. Uh, so Tyler will be on, um, and then I'm also bringing in uh, my good friend Jamie, uh, who is Jamie just... Jamie he or James she? James she. What Jamie um, <laughs> <laughs> he or James she? Who says that? Uh, I say that. <laughs> James, James she, uh, a.k.a. Kitty Softclaws. As, uh, as, uh, <laughs> uh, she's, she's just like the biggest like horror super fan I've ever met. Like she's just, I, she probably, I mean, she's just really fun to talk to and she gets really excited when uh, we talk. Her name about is Kitty Softpaws. I would hope so. <laughs> so, uh, she's the best. With kitty cat camp and, oh no. She's the best. And so, you know, I think getting the, the three of us in front of microphones talking about horror is going to be a hell of a time. He's so, scary. um. Uh, so Maybe that'll be fun. Studio will be finished by then. <laughs> so that's uh, Thursday, October twelfth. We're looking to record that, um, and then the following week, I'm going to Nashville for Nashville. Uh, and if you guys are free to go to Nashville, to go to Nashville, <laughs> come with. Because, <laughs> Who do you think we are? Well, listen, it's twelve hours of terror at the Belcourt Theater Ooh. in Nashville on Saturday into Sunday morning. It's like from ten p.m. Saturday night. To 10 a.m. Sunday. I smell a lot of live videos. It's it's horror, like movies, basically nonstop, like one after the other. Um, and so I'm gonna go see some friends in Bowling Green that Friday, and then we might we might do a haunted house down there, and then Nashville on Saturday night. And then what into, we uh, the, that the the thing I think is the 21st. Interesting. Uh, Saturday the 21st into Sunday the 22nd. So that could potentially be a big, you know, reaction weekend and live Facebook live weekend. Um, I don't, I've never been to like an all, all night horathon before. Like I've always wanted to do one. Um, I presume that like there will be breaks. And I think it's like it's like twenty five dollars a ticket, and it gets you like the entire night. It's not bad. Yeah. I think the Marvel one was like fifty. I think they they announced they're they're saying that they're announcing the first two films in their lineup and then they're keeping the rest of it a secret. Um, so I would expect there to be a lot of Toby Hooper and George Romero this Does year, probably. Yeah. Uh, no, unfortunately. No. George Romero saw the zombie ones and. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. He'll probably like a lot of people are hoping they're going to show Martin, which is apparently like a vampire movie he did that was, uh, like. Romero said it's the personal favorite of his that he's that he's made. It came out in sometime in the seventies. Um, and then Toby Hooper. They might do Texas Chainsaw, but I would expect them to do probably some of his other lesser scene, like Eaten Alive and um, the Fun House and some of the lesser scene stuff that he's done. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big October for us. Um, so make sure you're tuned to all of the social channels at the Real Benny C on Twitter and Instagram and uh, the Real Movies blog on Facebook. Word. Um, guys, do you are we done with Mother? Do you have anything else you want to add? Nope. Mother.
I'm good. Okay. Oh, it's a great film. You should definitely take the kids. Nope, don't, nope, take, the don't kids. take the kids. Leave them home. <laughs> I had uh, my boss came up and asked me what I thought of it. Uh, like not long after, a couple of days after I'd seen it, funniest she was like, movie of the year. <laughs> I told her how funny it was, and she was like, "Oh, I hate scary movies." I was like, "Well, then why did you ask?" Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like going into all this detail. She's, she goes, she got defensive. I was like, "I don't know. I just like knowing your opinion on these yeah. things." Like, okay, this, I respect that. This girl I married found the video where people have been putting the dancing yeah, scene oh, yeah, in yeah. front yeah. of other songs and stuff. And she was like, does this really happen in the movie? I was like, well, it's not that music, but yes, it does. Yeah. She was like, why? Yeah. She's like, because he's Pennywise. The dancing the clown. Dancing clown. <laughs> There's, I don't know who the person is, but he, uh, it was like if it took place in Australia and they were taking the scenes from the sewer scene with Georgie. Mm. Um, and then the guy was in a dog. He's like, this your boat, Georgie? He's mm. like, oh no, my name's not Georgie. Uh, just some bloke, some bloke lost his boat. I told him I try to get back, and like it's going through all the scenes. And he's just like, oh, my mom always said I shouldn't take balloons from clowns and sewer drains. And so then he does the "We're not strangers anymore" thing. He's like, your surname's Clown, and your parents named you Penny the Dancing. <laughs> they sound like Rudolph Batty. <laughs> it was pretty good. I'll have to look for that. He does the circus part where he's like, you smell what else? He's like, crack? Because you look like you've been doing crack. <laughs> In the wise words of someone important, do it for cinema. <laughs>